that day brought a very particular feeling that I had never really had. The feeling of just peace. I don't think I'd ever felt that peace before. It was surreal. Like, I feel like I tend to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders and not give it over to God. I felt like that was released from me. That stuff used to be like things that I would play over and over in my head and it would just come up and like I would see something and then all these things would replay about how I'm not loved and all the things I would use to back that up and that doesn't really happen anymore. I think I can only attribute that to God because it's something that I thought never could be healed. Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we'll share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity, helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. In our last episode, I shared Madison's story and how what had started as a question concerning not feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit in her life led to a prayer session where we prayed through issues of insecurity rooted in her childhood that manifested in an eating disorder that was intended to help make her lovable by making her small. In this episode, we're going to debrief a bit and field some questions from our listeners and hear from Madison now five years later to hear her impressions of that prayer session and find out how she's doing on the issues that she was struggling with. Our first question comes from Joe. Joe asks, you said when you prayed with Madison that you were out of your depth. How did you overcome that and still step forward? If you remember in our last podcast, I mentioned a bit about how I actually kind of like to be put on the spot when it comes to answering questions. So I guess to some degree, being out of my depth is something that I enjoy because I'm likely to learn something and grow from the situation. So that mindset definitely helps. Another thing that can help out is I once read that if you don't take credit for the successes, then you don't have to take credit for the failures when it comes to listening, inner healing prayer. Now we have to be careful how far we take that, but I can see how that could make sense. You know, that we need to actually rely on God as we're praying through things. This is true not only when we feel out of our depth, but also when we think we know what we're doing. And it gets really easy after a long time to just rely on previous prayer sessions that we have or assume that we know what's going on. So we constantly need to as the proverb says, not rely on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge God and let him direct our paths and let him guide us in the session. One thing that's worth mentioning is that one reason I fell out of my depth was that this prayer session actually took about four hours. Now, early on, I wasn't quite so sure how the Holy Spirit worked. And so we were making so much headway that I was afraid that if we stopped or even if we paused, that we might not be able to start up again with the same effectiveness. Which we learned later on is not the case which is helpful when we're praying through things with mothers whose kids keep popping in, and often there's just so many interruptions. And for you listeners who think uh, that four hours sounds like a really long time, keep in mind that praying through something can be a lot, often like when you're watching a really good movie and the time just flies by. So when he asked her later how long she thought it had been, she only thought it had been two hours. Right. So now we usually try to keep our prayer sessions to about an hour and a half, and we can usually make some significant headway during that time as long as we spend most of our time in prayer rather than in conversation. So Jen, why don't you take the second question? It seems as though Madison's struggle was primarily rooted in a few interactions with her mother. So as a mother yourself, how has praying through things affected the way you raise your own children? Yeah, I can tell how it's definitely affected my communication with them and the words that I choose. And so I think the first way is just considering how I describe them. I keep it more about what I can observe or um, what, like what they are behaving like instead of labeling them. 
Yeah. So like if you say, for example, you're a slob instead of saying like your room's a mess, then you're actually putting an identity on them mm-hmm. that might be a long-term identity just from that one little statement. Yeah. And I think her story was one, one of the first ones too, that helped to impact like how I pay attention to my tone and the things that I would say toward the kids. And I watched their faces to see if they took what I said like harsher than what I meant to say. And if they do, then I kind of take it as opportunity to correct it and um, and then reassure them with those thoughts and kind of have a further conversation. Because I want to make sure they walk away with, what did you think I said? And how did you take that? Did you take it the way that I meant? And do I need to care for you right now? Yeah, even if it doesn't seem like they're taking it hard, but just like they're really processing it really hard, that is a moment where they're building their identity. And we have to be very careful and understand what is it that they just came to believe. And as parents, it's hard because sometimes we'll see that it's changing them in a way that we might like from the standpoint of now he might keep his room clean because he might say, no, I'm not going to be a slob. But at the same time, he becomes this neat person who deep down still self-identifies as as a slob. Mm -hmm. So here's another question. Do you think that the purple thing was demonic? Another question, do you think that purple thing was a demon itself? So uh, a couple factors here. It did have control over her, and she was afraid of it. And she said herself she thought it came from hell. Yeah, so certainly it was something that was evil in that sense, and so we could say it was demonic in that sense. But to this day, I'm not sure whether or not it was actual demonic presence as far as a personality that was present. I wouldn't be surprised if there was one there, but we don't always get to know whether we're dealing with literal or figurative demons. And it, it does matter to some degree. And we do have, we'll talk later about different aspects of how do we pray differently as we're encountering these things. But I don't know. We don't always know this. And I think sometimes as we're destroying footholds and strongholds, we, we don't necessarily know if this is a demon or the discipleship of a demon or what's going on here. But certainly this isn't something that's of God. Mm-hmm. So Joe had a second question, and he asked, if someone's pursuing helping others to pray through things, like what would be first steps that you would say, what would be the advice you give that person? Well, that's kind of what we do. That's what we're doing here, Joe. So if you check out our website, praythroughit.com, and you go and check out our resource page, we're constantly trying to make resources in order to try to make these things very accessible and very easy for those people who don't feel very confident here at the beginning. And that's how you gain confidence is just starting small and growing out from there. And so that's why we wrote our own prayer handbook that's there. You can read through it. We also have a sample session where you can sit with us and watch us pray through things with Lois on our Pray Through It YouTube channel. And uh, we also have now a six-week prayer life group curriculum that's up there. And it's for beginners. It's free. And, of course, continuing to listen to this podcast. So, But once you start to get and interact with these resources, sitting in as many prayer sessions as you can, praying through things with other people, and you get that courage and start to feel as though you have enough background to try it, you can begin by just telling your friends, would you mind doing a prayer experiment with me? I just want to test this and pray through things a little bit. Would you mind doing that? And often people will just be curious enough to, to try it out. And so a couple of things you can do by way of prayer experiments, you can ask the Lord to bring their mind to rest and their heart to peace, silencing any external voices or influences, and then ask, Lord, would you show them what's the biggest thing that's getting in the way of their relationship with you? And you can pause and wait and listen. Or you could ask something like, Lord, would you show them what's the biggest lie they're believing right now? And then, Lord, would you show them what's the truth? Or even better, if they're coming to you when they're struggling with something, you can take some of the key words from what they're saying. So they might talk about being anxious, and you might say, Lord, would you show them what's the biggest thing right now that's making them anxious? And then you can test the truth of that. 
You just show them, Lord, is that true or not? And so depending upon what you're hearing and what they're hearing and what your skill level is, you can go further by either praying through things with them or at any point you can just stop and pray for them like you might normally pray for somebody else. So maybe this would be good for us to model this right now. So let's just model this right now. Lord God, I pray for the listener right now, the person who's listening on the other end, and I ask, Lord, would you just bring their mind to rest? And would you bring their heart to peace? And Lord, would you show them what's the biggest thing that's getting in the way of their relationship with you right now? Would you bring that to their heart, to their mind, in the way they can receive? Now keep in mind, it's not necessarily the first thing that comes to your mind, but it's that thing that you can't put out once it comes. It could be a word or a phrase. It could be a memory, an emotion. What would you show them? What's the biggest thing that's getting in the way of their relationship with you? If you're having problems, if it's all cloudy, Lord, would you just brush away the clouds? If it's distant, would you bring it close? If it's swirling, Lord, would you hold it still? If it's busy, Lord, would you just separate out all the busyness? And right in the center, Lord, would you show them what's the biggest thing that's getting in the way of the relationship with you? And so regardless of what that is that comes in, that thing that you can't put out once it comes, that would be the place we would start. And we might ask, Lord, would you take them back to when that became a part of their life? Would you show them what did they believe in that moment? Is this a lie or is it true? And if you have a lie that you need to give over to the Lord, just hand that lie over to him. Receive his truth. So Lord, I thank you for what you've begun already in this short prayer session. And Lord, even for those who didn't hear straight off, I ask that as they go, would you speak to them? When they are not expecting it, when they're listening, Lord, would you speak to them that they might see, Lord, what is this thing that's getting in the way of their relationship with you? And Lord, would you give them the power, the authority to let go of this, to work through it? Would you guide them to the right people to pray through these things together? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. With the time we have left, here's an excerpt of our conversation with Madison describing how she looks back to what happened and where she is today in her relationship with her family and with food. I don't think I'd ever felt that peace before. One of the things I feel like I just really struggle with is anxiety. And during undergrad, I would have heart palpitations and cold sweats and whatever. But I just felt so at peace and like so at rest. And like I feel like I tend to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders and not give it over to God. And um, I felt like that was released from me. It felt really strange because I grew up in a fairly conservative Baptist church that you don't even mention the word the Holy Spirit, basically. I feel like that was one thing that in your class you talked about. And I remember thinking, like, I want to do this differently. I just felt like I had a really hard time with that. And so I remember, like, not almost wanting to tell people felt like kind of like, I don't want to talk about this because I don't know how people are going to view it. And it was so foreign to me that I really almost didn't even know how to verbalize it. There have been times where I feel like since then I've wanted to pray that way and I've maybe tried, but I feel like I have a really hard time blocking out distractions. Like I have not really struggled as much with it. At least I don't seem as like surrounding my eating disorder. It doesn't seem as consuming. I guess that would be the way I've changed maybe. 
that stuff used to be like things that I would play over and over in my head and it would just come up and like I would see something and then all these things would replay about how I'm not loved and all the things I would use to back that up and that doesn't really happen anymore. I do still kind of just naturally tend to restrict when I have a really hard time. I don't think I'm as controlled by it. I have been able to maintain like a healthy weight in regards to like feeling unloved. I still want love by them, but actually my relationship with my mom is really good. I used to think like there's no way that God could heal it. And in my mind, I think he really did. And I feel like, wow, I actually have a pretty remarkable relationship. I think I can only attribute that to God because it's something that I thought never could be healed. That day brought a very particular feeling that I had never really had. The feeling of just peace. I don't think I felt that since then either. It was surreal. I think if anything, it's over the years when I've just had a hard time and strayed in my walk. And I feel like that time and moment has come up and I think God is real. Did you know that we often lead listening and inner healing prayer retreats and trainings? Who do you know that would benefit from these? Check us out at praythroughit.com slash events to see when we are going to be in your area. And if you don't see what you're looking for, email Dawn at drlove at praythroughit.com to discuss how we can minister to your family and friends. Unquenchable is a ministry of Pray Through It Ministries. To learn more about us and our ministry, check us out at praythroughit.com.